Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Welcome to Piney Falls, written by Joanne Keeter. Laney has no idea what awaits her in Piney Falls. Laney Anders has a perfectly ordered life. From her half-foam morning latte to her high-powered executive job, she controls every outcome. But when her house burns to the ground in mysterious circumstances, her life is thrown into confusion. Searching for some kind of purpose, she stumbles across a century-old mystery and flees to Piney Falls, Oregon, an oceanside hamlet with a curious pass. But something isn't quite right in the picturesque town. Her neighbor speaks in riddles. The death rate is alarmingly high and the impossibly handsome town baker is hiding something. With each clue she unearths in the present and the past, she becomes more convinced that the townspeople are in imminent danger. Will Laney be able to solve both mysteries without putting her own life in jeopardy? And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Welcome to Piney Falls. Chapter 4. Chicago, Illinois. Two months earlier. 2018. I clear my throat. I'll start, I guess. I'm imagining this story could be about a town with a mystery. Maybe a murder. They changed their name from... I scan the document, denying the need for the red plastic glasses sitting in my purse. I hope I get the letters in the correct order. Hmm. Flanks to Piney Falls. Well, that will be easy. It will be a murder. Something really juicy. Our middle-aged teacher announced the assignment earlier in the evening to a lukewarm reception. He handed a large black cap to the first person in my row. I'm not doing magic tricks today. We're simply passing the hat so you may pick out an article. As creative writers, we're going to take these truths and make them fiction. He winked at me for the fourth or fifth time tonight, like he and I are co-parenting this night class. I'm here to learn, just like everyone else. I can't help it if they're all at least a decade younger than me. That's Flanagan, Laney. The just-out-of-his-teens guy who doesn't believe in deodorant corrects me. I stare hard at the page. I refuse to bring out my readers in front of this impossibly youthful-looking group. They may see it as a sign of weakness and pounce, like lions attacking an injured gazelle. Oh, yes, you're right. It's Flanagan. I'll have to research this. Looks like a scenic place on the Oregon coast. What does everyone else think about my mystery idea? Maybe a murderer in their midst? A real whodunit? The lady with six kids who are constantly texting her nods. I look pointedly at the no phones in class, please, sign above her head. You bet. Sounds like a good plan, she says, staring at her screen. No, that doesn't make any sense. Stinky guy leans against the brick wall and folds his arms across his puny chest. Murders happen all the time in every city. You've got to come up with something better than that, unless you're going to reboot that stupid old TV show my grandma used to watch. Towns don't just undergo a massive rebranding and take on a new identity every time there's a murder. Make it aliens versus humans. Give your story meaning. I think it's a great idea. I'd love to see what happens, Lainey. Dansanay, the cute 20-something who always giggles when she has to speak in front of the class, chimes in. I could use a cheerleader like her in the office. My last three assistants lost their jobs when they lost their inner perky. 
Well, what about everyone else? Ideas? I'm used to taking charge as a marketing manager at Workahead Office Supplies, the most profitable office supply chain in the world. I don't think twice about leading my group. We sit in awkward silence. As far as I understand, I'm the only one of them not taking this class to gain college credit. They seem to have forgotten this very important point. Come on, you guys can come up with something. Stinky guy puts his hands behind his head. Not a good move for someone with his hygiene issues. I was considering writing mine about space wars. They're this galaxy where people only use ten words, but their body language when they talk is different for each meaning. I glance at his article. The title is, Young Girl Miraculously Survives Bridge Collapse. Hey, I just had a thought. I push my hair behind my ears. I'm spending the weekend downtown at the plush Regency while they are remodeling the main floor of my house. What if you join me for drinks tomorrow night and we could hash out our stories? I think that's a great idea. A voice that I dread booms from behind me. I'd love to join you all if that's okay. See what you come up with in a different setting? Phone lady sets her phone on the table. You're buying? Um, certainly. We could meet for drinks in the bar around seven. I'll order appetizers. My treat as well. Everyone nods. On Saturday, after a full day of self-care that included having a massage, manicure, pedicure, and facial, I find myself actually looking forward to our meeting. I don't socialize, at least beyond what is required of me at work. It's too much after a full day of networking. That's how I know I'm good at my job. Great, in fact. I put everything I have into my work life. I find the biggest table in the bar area and instruct the staff to place a large tray of vegetables and dip beside me. Manhattan, please? I say, remembering the last time I met colleagues for an after-conference drink and left with Red. Or was it Fred after four drinks? Not tonight. The young man at the bar glances at me every now and then. Childhood flashbacks are inevitable. You look just like that old-timey actress, if she had been chubby. I look down and pick absently at my freshly manicured nails. It's the same message I've heard my whole life, except that my mother would stand me in front of a mirror while telling me. Luckily, I packed dress casual for my weekend away. A beige silk Chanel top and black skirt with black CY boots. My assistant waited in line four hours for these boots last Friday evening. I should feel a twinge of guilt over my abusive power. Lots of things have been circling in my brain. I've been thinking about Stinky Guy's comments. He's right. Towns don't just change their names. Not for a single murder. Why am I taking this so seriously? I could write about space aliens after four Manhattans. This is just a diversion from the stress of life. Remodeling stress. I glance at my black, vintage 1940 Dolex watch. 7.15. Though I'm not one to wait, I find myself drawn to the large window with a stunning view of the city. Bright lights and lots of glitz, but not much substance, at least in the people I've seen. A butterscotch cat sits on the ledge outside, mewing hopefully for a few scraps. You're a beauty, I whisper. Someone will scoop you up and take you home. The perfect family. I feel a hand on my back. Hi, Lainey. I can't stay long, but I didn't want you to worry that I'd forgotten. 
Dancinay, hair pulled up high in a tight bun and dramatic purple eyeshadow on her bright brown eyelids, sits down beside me. Her caramel skin is glistening with something glittery. She's wearing a name tag that says, Hi, my name is Daphne. Ask me about our deals. It's hard to hide my disappointment. Oh, I guess you're the only one coming? I thought this would be fun. She looks down at her brightly painted orange fingernails. Well, to be honest, it was a little much. We're all college students. Just trying to get through class and work and kids. Nobody has extra time for stuff like this. Oh, I feel stupid. Of course they're all busy. I'm at a different place in my life. Lots of money and lots of spare time. Well, can you at least sit for a minute and have a drink with me? I can only stay for a couple of minutes. I've got to get to the casino. I work the late shift on Saturday nights. Best tips come after everyone is tanked. She smiles and I notice dimples on either side of her face. You remind me so much of my grandma's favorite actress. She was in those black and white movies. Tulip Sloan, 1940s icon who made 30 movies in five years. I get that a lot. My mother made me pose as Tulip and sign autographs in the mall every Saturday. Sit up straight and suck your stomach in, Lainey. Your delivery has to be perfect. I touch my round face self-consciously. Look, I didn't mean to make you feel bad. It was so nice of you to offer, but this is only a stupid easy assignment. I'll probably write it the night before class. What's your goal, Dantonay? After you're done with school. She looks taken aback. Wow, um, people don't usually ask that question in night school. She rubs the back of her neck and stares at the ground. Well, I want to run a women's shelter. My mom was in an abusive relationship for six years. If she would have had some place to go, you know? A safe place with the resources to help her keep her job and rebuild her life. She wouldn't have needed that jerk in her life. She still would have her original front teeth. He knocked those out one night when he was drunk. Oh, sweetie, I'm so sorry. I reach over and touch her hand, squeezing it. That's something I learned in the seminar, connecting with the hard-to-reach client. I slept with Ron, the seminar organizer, that night. We practiced his patented hand-patting technique on all non-hand regions. She uses her other hand to wipe the tears from her face. No, it's okay. She's fine now. We're both okay. We're doing better. I just want to help other women, you know? Can I ask, why does your name tag say Daphne? Do you have another name? She rolls her eyes. That was my boss's idea. Makes me seem less ethnic. Did I miss the party? We turn our heads to see Carl Jackson, our creative writing professor. He is wearing a brown suit jacket and a teal shirt. It makes his alabaster skin appear slightly more human than the fluorescent lights of the college classroom. His thinning hair is parted on the side and covered in some kind of strongly scented gel. Dancinay stands and pushes her chair in. Sorry, I've got to leave. Her cheery demeanor returns as she pulls her purse over her shoulder and turns to leave. You guys have a great time. Nice to see you, Professor. He sits down beside me. His cologne, while competing for scent space with his hair gel, is a surprisingly intoxicating musky scent. It looks like you didn't have much of a turnout. That's to be expected. 
Most people don't have the time or, frankly, the interest to invest in projects. I am at once irritated by his presence and happy that I'm not alone to stew in my patheticness. Beer, please, he calls to the bartender. Whatever's on tap is fine. I'll take another Manhattan, too. So, Mazanders, you seem a bit more, shall I say, seasoned than most of the students I observe at the community college. I'm wondering what brought you to my creative writing 101 class. My mouth drops open. Are you making a comment on my age? I'm certain we're in the same decade of life, and I really don't... He puts a hand up. No, that's not what I meant. You're obviously a successful woman. Already well-trenched in a career is more what I meant. For the second time tonight, I'm feeling like a fool. Not a position I occupy with ease. Yes, you're right. I run the marketing department for Workahead Office Supplies, the most profitable office supply chain in the world. I'm usually traveling, so the only hobby I have is redecorating my home. It's the big Victorian place up on the hill off Highway 78. I figure everyone knows that house. It's a conversation piece. He nods. I decided I should expand my horizons beyond flying to Paris to look at the tile samples. I take a drink of my second Manhattan, feeling vastly superior to this tiny, insignificant man. He leans forward and puts his chin in his hand. I've admired that home for years. It's an iconic location hosting the abolitionist meetings during the Civil War. You must be a history buff. You'll really have fun with the article you chose. The history of a little town in Oregon? I suppose it's a fun distraction. I finish my Manhattan and signal for one more. Do you know anything about it? I did some preliminary research on the internet and didn't come up with anything. He smiles and taps his finger on the table. You must have forgotten the assignment. No further research. Take the article as is and craft your own story around it. I straighten my top, feeling a little fuzzy. Hotel booze isn't usually so strong. I realize I haven't eaten anything since breakfast. When I'm not on the road, I have a very ordered existence, and this hotel-at-home living has thrown me off my routine. I don't operate that way. I research everything. Schedule my day down to the minute. That's how I've gotten to the pinnacle of the marketing world. It must work because I don't fail. No surprises, no failure. His smile is starting to seem less irritating to me and perhaps slightly attractive. Okay, okay. You win. Why don't I help you? What if there were a really unusual reason for the change of name? So you do know something. I try to sit up straight and then realize things are starting to spin. Just a bit. I spent some time in Oregon when I was in college. As a summer project, several of my buddies went to the coast to help rebuild a community center that was hit by a terrible windstorm. On our day off, we drove up the hill to the former home of one of the town's founders. It used to be Flanagan Lane Hospital. The main building itself was still standing, but everything around it was mostly a pile of kindling after this big storm. Such a pity. The townsfolk said the place was cursed. They wouldn't get into specifics, and the falls... His words are starting to swirl around my head in a way that feel like a gigantic European traffic circle. I'm so sorry, Mr. Jackson. I'm not feeling at all well. I'm wondering if you would mind accompanying me to my room? 
I can't see the expression on his face, but I know he has paused for a considerable amount of time. I also realize I need to lie down soon, or I won't be able to make it all the way to the seventh floor. I should have warned you before that last Manhattan. The bartender over there is Chandler Norris. Took my modern writing course last semester and wrote every paper about finding the cheapest beer in the city. I'm sure his bartending skills aren't up to par. If you can't take me, I'm sure the staff wouldn't mind. I grasp my head to stop it from spinning, but it doesn't seem to be working. No, I'm more than happy to escort you. He comes over to my side of the table and puts my arm around his shoulder, grateful he is slightly shorter and I can lean on him. He places my black Sandra Mason limited edition bag on his other arm. I can only think about what would happen if one of my colleagues happens to be in the bar watching this spectacle. Thankfully, there's not enough of me present to experience shame. Can you take the rest of these appetizers and share some with that poor kitty? I hope the bartender can understand my words. They are not coming out of my mouth the way they sound in my head. He nods. As we make our way to the elevator, and finally to my room, he helps me put the key in the door and then tries to stand still while I make my way in. Come on in, I motion. I don't want to be inappropriate. You're not exactly... Get in here, I command. I've never been turned down, sober or drunk. He doesn't take much persuading. I've had more experience than he has. That's evident, even in my state of inebriation. When we are done, I roll away from him, hoping for a blissful sleep that will result in a single dent in the mattress. The next morning, I awake to pounding on my door. I look at the clock. 10.30. I forgot to put the Do Not Disturb sign on my door. What? I yell. The knocking continues despite my protests. It is relentless. Maybe I ordered room service and forgot. I turn over and notice an empty side of the bed. There is a note. Thank you for last night. You were right. It was best I leave. I always have a twinge of guilt the next morning, but it quickly disappears after my second cup of coffee. I pride myself on the ability to walk away, no matter the level of attraction. I don't want the unknowns that a relationship would require. Looking for someone else to tell me what I already know. No thanks. I pull on my robe and smooth down my unruly wavy hair, just yesterday perfectly styled for our meeting. I pause for a moment in front of the long mirror facing the bathroom. I'm not bad for a hungover 40-year-old. My peach skin is still glowing from the facial. My cute, upturned nose, the one my plastic surgeon called his masterpiece, is covered with mascara. You're sure I still look like Tulip Sloan? Identical, Lainey. If she weren't so thin. My green eyes are a little worse for the wear, but I have special drops to fix that. I'm reluctant to open the door without my full makeup compliment, thanks to 18 years of scrutiny by a mother expecting perfection. I apply a quick swipe of ruby mist lipstick and pull open the door. It's a man in uniform. Ms. Anders, we've been trying to reach you all night. Your home caught fire. I regret to inform you, there's nothing left. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Welcome to Piney Falls. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.